I think in 2018, I went to LA for like three weeks. We got the Airbnb with the, with the guys I was with. And then I would invite singers over to work on music. I had this super shitty setup. You know, it was like a couple of books, like kind of holding a mic and uh, it was just a couch, you know, and uh, those days in LA were so fun because it was also feeling like I'm doing the right thing. Um, those, those collaborations really stand out that I did there. Figure out what you really like about music. And, um, you know, you can be inspired for sure. You can always be inspired by artists and, uh, you know, bring elements of that along. Um, but it's, 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 man, it's like you, you got to find your, the love for it, for the music in, in yourself. And why do you like it so much? Like invest in that and um, don't, don't, you know, jump on, on the hypes too, too much, I guess. Hey everyone, this is Nasco and you're listening to Fox Tales, the music industry podcast by Stereo Fox. We started Fox Tales to document our learnings in the music industry and to share some cool stories and useful tips from artists and industry professionals. If you like the podcast, feel free to save it, share it with friends, give us a thumbs up or rate us at the platform of your choice. You can also follow us on social media. We're on Instagram and Twitter as we are Starfox, or join our Discord server from the link in the description. If you have any questions, of course, always feel free to DM us. Today we're doing another artist story and I don't even know where to begin with introducing my guest. Nick Liberson, or Moods, is a Rotterdam based producer whom you most probably know either from his instrumental hip-hop piece Love Is Real, which skyrocketed to more than 30 million streams on Spotify, or from his numerous amazing remixes for the likes of Taku, Bulldor and to another. Earlier this year, he released his sophomore album with the peculiar name Music Ruined My Life via Boogie Angst, and we got together to find out exactly how music ruined his life. So welcome to Fox Tales, Nick. How are you doing? I'm uh, doing great. Thanks for having me, Nasco. Really cool to be here. Uh, yeah, thanks, man. We spoke before, but we'll get to this a bit later. Yeah. Um, it's the first time we're actually speaking person to person, which is amazing. Yeah. Glad to finally be able to meet. <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's always better to... to you know meet in, in sort of a, it's not real life but on video see each other's face and it helps and makes it better yeah yeah man definitely uh okay so uh to kick it off uh what's your favorite thing to do aside from making music well i think um yeah i was thinking about this uh for a bit but i i think um like seeing new places right now is my favorite thing to do it's because we you know we come out of a pandemic we've been stuck for two years so um yeah like see new places experience new cultures eat like different types of food and um yeah traveling is, is something that i really um like adore at the moment because yeah it's just um you know when i'm when i'm when i'm home i'm basically making music so this is like my my thing now that i you know i travel with my girl and then we just go to a, we went to lisbon like like a month ago and uh, yeah, it's that's amazing. That's what I really enjoy at the moment. I guess we cherish traveling a lot more after the pandemic, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been yeah. it's been uh, yeah, staying at home for basically two years, so it feels great to be out. <laughs> yeah, indeed, I can agree. I I love nature more and more mm -hmm. after <laughs> after the corona hit. Uh, yeah, it, 
it makes it like it makes a different perspective for sure uh, yeah great man uh so uh, how did you get involved in music in the first place i i was around eight nine years old and i was skateboarding like that was my my big passion and i used to watch skate videos and they would film these skaters and they would all the, the skater would have like a three minute video part where they were like executing tricks and and it, will, it would always have this music underneath it and i remember that was the first time when i felt like the sort of the power of music it sounds really corny but like i i felt like i had a love for it and i was excited to go skate because of the music so i remember after watching these videos i downloaded all the music and i was listening to it and it was i was listening to more like rock metal at that time i think because it was more of a thing in skateboarding um yeah and that's when i was like oh music i just really love this i cannot get enough of it and i think when i was 11 a friend of my brother he um came to the house and he showed me fruity loops and he would always like make me listen to like hip-hop records um so that's when i heard uh, common with b and i heard pete rock with pete Stramentals. and i remember hearing that record and hearing the sound uh, i was just blown away by how i don't know it, it has like this this character like heavy beats filtered sample so it's kind of warm and has this yeah this this vintage kind of a vibe because it's just drum breaks and samples um but that was the first time when i felt like wow this is this this beat stuff is like really cool and i would love to learn it and that's when he um yeah he came with fruity loops as well and he showed me a beat that he made from a sample and i just couldn't believe it like how the hell do you do this you know this is insane and that's when How i was cool like that yeah yeah that's that was when i was like okay i need to figure this out i need to learn and understand what's happening and how they do this uh, and that's where everything started so you don't have uh, anyone uh, involved in music in your family so it's not coming from there um my uncle is in a ska band um but that's it <laughs> awesome. yeah yeah <laughs> so but it's not really related to what i do at the moment but um yeah that's the only uh, musical thing that uh, happened in the f or like the, the family member that that's kind of involved in music but, but my parents listen to music a lot so i used to listen to their music and um yeah i used to enjoy it so so that's kind of a thing but... great man uh I'm, I'm gonna throw you back in time a bit uh mm -hmm. actually i i when i researched uh, for this conversation i realized the first track of yours that we yeah. ever featured on Stereofox is called organic and it's with cm it's not even on spotify <laughs> oh yeah so yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. do you remember the song and what can you tell us about it yeah, I remember this song very well. Um, it was like the first time that I went to a big studio and it was the Red Bull studio in Amsterdam. And I was in touch with um, uh, a guy called Niles from um, uh, like a, an online magazine or blog called Movement. And they were sort of launching this project where they would link producers with singers. So... I started talking to him about this because he was interested in getting me involved and he linked me to Cyan. So we, we went to Amsterdam for a day in studio. So I basically made the beat already 
and I sent it to her and she really liked it. So we, we met up in Amsterdam in the Red Bull Studios and uh, we recorded that track. And it was basically the first time that I was in a big studio and kind of worked with an engineer because usually I, it's very DIY what I do. Um, so this was like uh, an amazing experience. And um, we also recorded like a video and it was a, it was a really nice project. And um, yeah, we, we kind of never officially released the track, which, yeah, I don't know why, but it just never happened. So, <laughs> but it's still this out was there. A, yeah. Yeah, this was, a, I think, 2015, right? And uh, yeah. it was a, like the peak of the SoundCloud era. So, and yeah. Good times, yeah. Yeah, those yeah. Were, <laughs> the those... song is... Yeah, Sorry. the song is going pretty strong in uh, in SoundCloud still. Yeah, it's it's crazy, man. Like I, I kind of miss those days where, you know, that uh, I sometimes I miss in music like making a beat, putting it on SoundCloud right away, because you know you create art and then you instantly want to share it. But nowadays it's more like you have to plan it and then work with labels. And and that time was like, okay, you make this track, and then um, yeah, you put it on SoundCloud, and then it gets like some attention or not you know it's it's uh, it was a fun time and um, yeah that track only made it on soundcloud but uh, you never know one day it might end up on spotify but yeah i'm, I'm not release, sure about... yeah. yeah 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 i don't know maybe. i mean <laughs> it was like it it feels like it might be a time capsule you know it just yeah like, it was when it what it was in uh, back then and it, it yeah. stays in soundcloud so it's yeah. true that yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it 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 sits well there and um yeah it was yeah, definitely a fun, fun project to work on. Yeah. Um, so uh, we covered this in our interview that we did on the website in 2020. Mm-hmm. Uh, and thanks for the awesome mix, by the way. Our listeners could check it out. It's pretty cool. Uh, I listened to it last night, actually. Um, can you Thank share you. to our listeners uh, about uh, moods, why I chose this moniker? Um, yeah. It's it's not, not like a crazy story, but... Um, I had some names before this and uh, it was never like the name. It was always a bit like, ah, you know, it's, it's, it's all right. But then I came across Moods and I, I did my research and I found out like, oh, nobody actually has this name. There, at the time it was a Mr. Moods. I don't know if, if he's still around, but I thought like this is somehow, somewhat describing my music the best way. And um, yeah, it, it's very simple. Um, and yeah, it, it, it felt like the right, it had the right click for me. Um, so I just went for it and somehow it, it yeah, it worked out, I guess. <laughs> Nobody complained to me. <laughs> like, hey, you, you took my name, man. It's like, no, that it's, didn't happen. It sticks pretty well. It's a very simple yet super catchy. And yeah. I don't know, it might be, yeah, it might be because uh, we've been following you for several years now, and I always knew, just knew moods, you know. And uh, yeah, it maybe just it's sticks, a good you know? thing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> man. I think I'm, I'm pretty. It's quite, quite bossy to take that name because it's such a common word in, in music, you know. Um, but yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm rolling with it now, uh, so I, I also cannot go back. <laughs> so I'm just taking it. No need to. Uh, yeah. Okay, so uh, you recently released your sophomore album, which is called Music Ruined My Life. Uh, this is a very bold statement. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, some might think it's uh, like a sad thing, but I know I know there's way more than uh, this, uh, than just the title. So can you elaborate on why you chose this for the name? Yeah, no, I, I actually really wanted to be a sad thing. 
No, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, it's it's no. It, uh, w- well, it's kind of um, uh, as an artist, you know. I've been music since uh, been making music since I've been 12. So I'm 31 now. It's been a long ride. Um, it's my job now, um, and as an artist, you you always have a feeling that you re- have to reinvent yourself. Um, you always have to keep it fun and interesting for yourself. And I'm 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 a perfectionist when it comes to my music, and I would have sometimes I would have this feeling like I'm investing so much in my craft, like so much time, and I sacrifice um, a lot of other things. Like I could be, you know, um, doing a lot of other stuff. Um, yeah, um, but music feels like it's the thing for me. But sometimes I wonder if it's, um, you know, if it's a secure thing for my future. So sometimes I would, you know, tell myself like, wow, you know, sometimes I feel like music really ruined my life. But it's it's always with like, a, in a, uh, you know, with a bit of humor, of course, because in the on the other side or on the other hand, music is such a blessing and it's crazy that I can do this for a living and you know, that I can make music. It's it's still like, it still feels unreal to me. But yeah, on the other hand, it's also very hard work. You have to always be on point and it can really take away from you as well. Um, so I, I wanted to play around with this concept for this record. Like, you know, uh, on, the one, on, on the one side, music ruined my life. On the other side, music saved my life. And that was also the, with the, the track on the record, you know, to kind of, play with those opposites um, and and kind of tell a story with that without using lyrics, of course. So, um, yeah. What Have you ever thought what would you do if you weren't involved in music? Um, yeah, I studied to, to be a... Um, I studied art and design, so I wanted to be an illustrator. Um, I've always... Whoa. Yeah, I've always drawn in my life and I think I have a sort of a talent for that, so... Um, that was the initial plan, um, but then music came and, and took over and ruined your life. And, and ruined my <laughs> life, basically. Yeah, fuck, I cannot go back now. Like I have to, <laughs> I have to write it out. Yeah. yeah no. Do you still draw? Do you still draw? Uh, sometimes, yeah. But it's more like when I'm rendering music and it takes too long, then I draw a little bit. So, it's, so music oh, is still, <laughs> still like it's like a getaway. Yeah, exactly. Cool getaway. Yeah. Uh, Awesome, man. Um, so this is the first uh, fully live recorded project that you worked on. Uh, mm-hmm. What inspired this approach? Yeah, uh, it is. Um, I thought it was... Um, I always felt like recording a band it was very far away because I'm, I'm basically a, a sort of a bedroom produ- producer. Like I have my own studio. Um, well, in my living room, actually, but, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, it always felt far away. Um, and with the pandemic starting, I was talking with Jordi, who does my management and we always had the idea, like, oh, it would be fun to, you know, work with a band and actually approach it like a sample. Because when you sample records from the seventies, eighties, it always had this, like this sound, right? The sound is what's drawing you in. And I thought like, it would be amazing if we could basically sort of make a 70s record, but then I can sort of work with the audio that we recorded. 
So um, yeah, we got it. We went into the whole pandemic and then I was talking with Jordi and I was like, yeah, I think this might be the best moment to do it because everybody's sitting on their ass. There's no live music happening. So all my friends are stuck at home as well. So that's when I was like, okay, we have to find a studio and we have to uh, find an engineer and uh, and get it going. And um, that's when I ended up in Leiden at the Eminent Studio um, because um, Oscar from Kraken Smack, which uh, he's also involved with Boog Youngs, the label that released the record. He has this re- great recording place with a ton of like crazy analog gear. Um, and uh, yeah, we basically rented that studio for four days, went over the tracks with the band. Um, I'm going to mention the band as well, just to uh, give them yeah, a shout absolutely. out. Yeah, Joris uh, Firetalk on drums, and then you have Leonard Fink on keys, Jasper Molle on guitar, Rick Kraak on bass, um, and then the engineer was, uh, oh man, I'm going to butcher his name now. Uh, man, okay, the band, the, let's let's stay, stay to the band, but it's fine. <laughs> Um, but yeah, um, um, yeah, so we, 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 uh, rented the studio, went over the tracks and, and basically replayed those demos I made. Um, and yeah, it was like very rough, raw recording, but it was well recorded. So when we had that, we brought it, I actually, I brought it back to my studio and started working with the, the audio and basically treating it like a sample. Um, so I would just take parts of it because every song we had four takes maximum. So if, if the second take sounded great, then we would just move on because there were eight songs and we had a limited time. So we How had long to... did it take you to record this? Well, we had, I had it for four days. I rented the studio for four days. So we had to record those eight tracks in four days. And it was very tricky. I felt like there was a, a lot that could go wrong. Um, but you know the the guys are super talented and and if they hear something they can play it so uh, they they really saved my ass there um you know um uh, but but yeah it it was four days and um we had to do a few songs per per day and sometimes we had to redo a song because there was something some ID that worked better so we had to cram everything in those four days and then after that I just had the audio and I could work on it as long as I want back home. But yeah, my approach was like, I'm going to sample these recordings. So I would take all these bits from these takes. Um, so from four takes, I would make one great take and I would add sounds myself as well. I would, you know, treat it like I was sampling because that, that's what I do. When I sample, I add stuff on top. I filter out the baseline. I make the baseline myself, but do it slightly different. Like it's all these little things that I love to do when I sample and I could do with this as well, but it's actually my song. It's like a very, uh, we work, it's, it's a huge workaround, but the results mm-hmm. are worth every minute because it's just a, such an, like an, an interesting thing to me. I've never done it this way. And uh, yeah, it was, it was such a fun thing to do because I've making beats for so long. And this was the f- like, one of those things that really took took that uh, took me out of that process and kind of showed me a new interesting way to do stuff um and and yeah yeah uh i can't help but notice that there's so much like soul and funk and jazz and r&b in it it's super rich 
in terms of uh, genres and sound. And uh, it sounds like you really got in there and had a super successful jam session. Uh, Thanks, man. Yeah, you yeah you um you elaborated uh on the process but did you have uh like a clear idea what the record would be because you said you had some demos and you stayed for four days like mm -hmm. for eight songs did you have them already in mind or did something got created get created into uh the those four days yeah the 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 sort of the foundation for every track was clear um i made that clear the demos were like one minute and i would sort of have the basic progressions and sort of the first chorus id so but then I, i really wanted it to be limited so in the studio things would like develop and there was room to improvise as well so um yeah it basically i wanted it to be open and i wanted i wanted there to be space for improv and i think that's why the record got great as well because a lot of things happened um you know that that i didn't predict a lot of tracks got way different than the demo actually um or a few of them got way different than the demo and that's purely because we were just vibing and jamming and doing these takes and then it was like oh maybe we should do this here and do that there um so that whole um process and leaving it open a bit was also why i felt like it was pretty risky like if this thing doesn't work out like there 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 i felt like there was a chance but I wanted to try it anyways, but in the end, I learned that leaving it open like this actually, you know, gave it the character that it has right now. Because all these these um, things that happened in the moment like changed the record, and it made it way more interesting than it, than it would be if we if I wrote down every track to the you know to the detail and told them to exactly play that. Yeah, uh, you can tell it is uh, way more natural than just a super thought out record, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. I mean, you can you can definitely sense the musicianship in there, which is amazing. Yeah, shout out um, to, to the guys, man. Like they killed it, and um, yeah, the the, yeah. The, the the jamming helped it a lot. Like just go with the flow and. It is it great. Goes. It is great. Um, so this is your uh, second album and it's purely instrumental mm -hmm. and uh, Zoom Out, your debut album, has so many features. Yeah. So why did you decide to have none here? And would you say one is better than the other or it's just different? Yeah, um, it's it's different for sure. I think um, this uh, like music room my life is more for the heads. It's, it's not like, uh, um, I think, Uh, zoom out was more commercially accessible it was a like yeah you know when you have top lines it, it's easier to to get it out there and and grab attention especially if you work with really good singers um but for this record it, i felt like i want to go back to where i started was by, by making beats and sampling records but i actually want to do it this way which is working with the band and making the samples basically um so it was um yeah it was very different a different process and uh, in terms of um you know the process of zoom out but um yeah it brought brought me a new joy for music and um it was needed so i'm happy um, it happened do you agree listeners are more prone to uh listening to more sophisticated music nowadays with so much 
um, intergenre uh, records and also so many experimental artists? Yeah, I think so. I think the everything is so um, everything is very available, so you can really figure out what you like yourself. And I think that's also why uh, genre, genres are like you know intertwined or they're they're you know connecting um, because everything is available and people get more ideas out of that. So it's a sort of a natural thing, and um, yeah. Yeah, I, I wanted to point out uh, this is a super cool thing for me that uh, Anderson Pack got into like charts uh, with Bruno Mars. Both of them are amazing musicians anyway, mm -hmm. but uh, I can not help but notice that uh, like the superb musicianship of Anderson Pack, the more sophisticated approach to soul and like jazz funk is getting into the top charts. And I think also the commercial music is getting more musicians musicianship in it mm -hmm. it is not always as simple as it used to be in terms of uh, sound and like catch lyrics um this is my impression especially in like in the five in the last uh, three to five years maybe mm -hmm. so yeah i think it's great and um people get more open to to listening to more um not super easy to swallow music i guess yeah i think i think people starting you always have these cycles in music you know where where music from the 70s gets kind of back and then music from the 80s mm -hmm. and i think uh you know the era of very electronic music is sort of passing and now we want to go back to the more organic side of things and that's where you know um, live music comes back into play and and yeah you see that happening now with with records like um silk sonic you know um it just has this organic life sounds but still has the power because you know production these days is uh it's um yeah you can do a, lo a load of things with with sound but it's definitely interesting and I, I i i like it a lot because you know it's i feel like you can, can connect a little better with you know that kind of music. uh yeah actually i don't know if, if i should say that no but but I, I do feel like i i love this kind of stuff more i never was a big fan of you know edm or or that kind of music uh, so so for if it's for me it's great that this is happening but it's definitely like uh the the yeah the how do you say it? like the music on top is, is getting more organic and sounding more yeah life and 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 it, that's, yeah that's great definitely agree uh so there's a cool mini documentary that you created for the process of the album yeah. Why did you decide to have it, and um, like, how was it perceived? If you have any feedback, yeah, I wanted to do that because I think it it this the story of this album was like worth to um, to tell and make clear to the audience. Um, so I wanted to, you know, like uh, bring the listener along in the project if they are interested. You know, so there's like this documentary where I show. Um, you know, this, we basically brought a cameraman. He was like filming the sessions. We were doing small interviews about what we were doing. And um, yeah, I thought it was like, it's such an interesting project to, it would be a waste to not do this um, because yeah, yeah people, people are interested in the behind the scenes stuff. And, and this uh, project definitely uh, needed, needed like a, an extra insight instead of like just the Spotify album because yeah it's super cool man uh, i really Thanks, enjoyed man. it i appreciate it 
really nice, especially for the like the music nerds, I guess. <laughs> yeah, well. yeah, for sure. It's 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 definitely yeah, it's for the nerds for sure. Like it's uh, <laughs> it's like uh, yeah, it, you you wanna you wanna give a little insight into what, what was going down and and yeah, we we did we did that. So it's there. It's awesome. <laughs> Thanks, man. Also, also, congrats on the vinyl for the album. Uh, yeah. What's your take? What's your take on the mass interest in vinyl pressing nowadays, and also delays and difficulties in manufacturing? Yeah, man, we I had to wait for a bit um, to get the vinyl. We were we are actually a few months late with the vinyl, but that was yeah due to um, manufacturing problems. Um, but I think it's great. Like uh, this, I think vinyl listening to records is um, it it really uh, you take your time for the music. Which is a great thing uh, because on Spotify everything is you know I I I catch myself not finishing songs uh, a lot and um, just going from this thing to that thing and you know when you listen to records yeah. you really take your time for a record because you're not gonna you know shuffle around records too much so uh, you know in terms of deep listening like yeah vinyl is really inviting for that and that's great because you know music uh, you need a little little bit of patience for music and um yeah and also the sound of vinyl is is, is better than you know compressed mp3 or yeah it's uh, it, it makes it better <laughs> i really like that there's like a counter uh counterpart on uh this attention lower attention span on mm -hmm. on listeners nowadays yeah. and you know obviously into in playlists you not uh, you don't always know what you're listening to and you never have time to listen to a whole thing because your li life is just su super busy i'm i'm pretty sure this applies to everyone and mm. doesn't matter if they're in the music industry but i i love i, I recently got uh, a record player as well myself and nice. uh, i'm really really enjoying it yeah, yeah. Good, it was man. it was a while i wanted to have it for a while but yeah i did i did spend some time listening to records and uh it is way different than just you know playing music um on your on your uh laptop for example yeah you, you create a moment to listen to it you you have to put the record on and and it's also like i don't know the whole like charm of it like it makes it better yeah you know the, the fact that you grab a record you take the record out you put it on and put the needle on it's, it's just a fun process and it, it gives it that little extra um yeah that vibe you know that you want i really really enjoy it yeah i really enjoy it Okay, um, so I, I have a tough question for you. Uh, if you if you had to choose between doing uh, only instrumental hip hop or only house remixes, if you call them like this, what would mm -hmm. it be? Can you can you pick a favorite? Yeah, uh, it's it's actually sort of e an easy one. I think I will go with the instrumental hip hop in the end because that's where where I started. So my love is really there. Um, and and you know the sort of the the remix the house remixes or disco remixes that's kind of what what came along and what i also really enjoy but but the core of what i love is is in instrumental hip-hop that's where you know my like the sound of, the foundation of my sound is there so even if i make a, a house track it's still like the way I approach it is like the still the programming of the drums or you know um, yeah the timing it's still based around hip hop so that is the foundation and and 
the the remixes are are just a, sort of an escape from that. But yeah, the foundation is there for sure. How did you get into remixing um, in the first place? How did it happen? Which was the first one? Um, I remember the first remix I did. Oh man, that's a good question. It might have been a, a remix for Crack and Smack. Um, and that was also the remix that got me on their label. Like they signed me when they heard the remix. But that was like the first remix I did. And then it really got like, um, it got like officially released and all that stuff. So, mm-hmm. and with the remixes, it was always a thing because I did, um, I, I've been doing quite some remixes and, and they've been doing well. So people are always um, reaching out to me, like if I want to do a remix. And I think it's super fun because um, it's basically the same as, as Music Room Alive. I can sort of sample their track in a way because I get the stems and then I sample it, create my own little thing with it. And, you know, you can play around with, with that. And uh, yeah, it, it always seemed fun to me to do. And, and the requests always kept on coming in. So I was like, yeah, I want to do that. Um, so yeah, that's where, where that started. And then... Um, it just kept on going. <laughs> yeah. Which was the most fun you had with uh, from the remixes? Do you Man, know? I don't Super hard. Yeah, this, <laughs> this, this is, is a question. tough question. <laughs> um, oh man, that's that's I don't know. I honestly don't know. A lot of them were fun. Some of them were, you know, sometimes you have a remix where you're like wrestling with it because you cannot figure it out. But um. Yeah, a lot of them were have been really fun. So it's hard to pick one, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, it it applies the question. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, what about uh, the collaborations you've done, and any any of them that stand out? And of course, I I would imagine there is someone you would really like to work with in the future. Uh, so maybe they listen to Foxtails, <laughs> and they, yeah. they reach out to you. Oh yeah, yeah. You never know. Uh, um, uh, sorry, the first question was like, what was my favorite collaboration, right? Yeah, yeah. any of them that, that yeah, stand out? Um, yeah, I went, um, I think in 2018, I went to LA for like three weeks for music to work on stuff. And I went, I worked with some um, singers there and we, we kind of, I, we got the Airbnb with the, with the guys I was with and then I would invite singers over to work on music and i had this super shitty setup you know it was like a couple of books like kind of holding a mic and uh, it was just a couch you know and uh but that's when i i got in touch with uh, malia she's a very talented singer in, in la and um we, we we worked on a track uh for zoom out and um yeah i think those days in la kind of were were so fun because it was also, you know, um, yeah, being out in LA and, and feeling like I'm doing the right thing. Um, that, that really helped a lot. Um, those, those collaborations really stand out that I did there. Um, but yeah, a lot of it uh, went over the email. So it's just like back and forth. And, um, but, but the ones you do in, in like really in a room that, that really stands out and, uh, sort of yeah yeah, creates a a special moment i guess so who would you like to work with if you had the chance yeah it's kind of hard man i i sometimes i i don't know but um 
I mean, you always have the names that that you there's. I mean, Anderson Park, of course, like that's. Yeah. But but you know that that's so far away. Like, I don't He's know. Getting further and further away. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. This guy is yeah. just like it's unreachable directed. at this point. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and there was a point where I was sort of I I I wasn't I was wasn't in touch, but I had him on Facebook, and I was like ready to reach out and check check in with him. But it just never happened, and and now it's yeah, it's, clearly it's too late. <laughs> so, yeah, but but he's one of the guys, and uh, man, yeah, I think I, I I would be fun to to work with like mainstream people and see where that goes. Mm -hmm. But um, no, I also love to make music myself and kind of work on my own thing. So it's it's always a bit like I don't really need to collaborate, but if I have to, then like a mainstream artist that will be fun just to see what happens and where we can bring it yeah yeah okay uh so tell us about the time uh when logic sampled your music oh wow yeah i i didn't know apparently um apparently he did this i think he went he was live on twitch or something and he showed like tracks and then he showed that track uh, to his audience and then they kept on bugging him about the track that they wanted it to be released. I didn't know about this, so I because I I, I yeah I I don't I wasn't following Logic at that time, um, but then all of a sudden I got this email from Def Jam, and uh, they said they wanted to clear the rights for the track um, New Horizons that I did mm -hmm. with uh, Boogie Youngs for my instrumental EP. Um, so I was like, wow, okay. So apparently a producer he worked with sampled my track and they kind of worked on that, that that song it's called ordinary day and um yeah and then we just had to like you know legally like or how do you say with contract we had to yeah seal the deal i guess and um yeah but it was super random and i just one day got an email from <laughs> def jam and i was like is this a joke because it's so it feels <laughs> pretty far away you know and um but it was real and they wanted to to clear just the rights for the sample and uh, I, I haven't been in touch with logic at all but, but yeah it's just it's funny how that comes together without me when being... was that oh man i think it was three three years back yeah okay. yeah great yeah uh, it's, it's a fun. great story <laughs> yeah it's it's so weird but but the music's like sometimes there's doesn't make any sense but, but it just happens yeah. so yeah this this is what happened um, all right, so let's go back a bit to Chew Hop, and mm -hmm. uh, we spoke about this two years ago. And um, Chew Hop is um, in today's world is super massive, it's, and I think it's still going pretty strong. Two years later, after we spoke, yeah. Um, what do you think uh, is happening with this genre, and is it going anywhere? In, in your opinion? Um, yeah, the genre, like the lo-fi stuff. Um, yeah. No, I think Chill Up is doing really well because they, um, you know, they are not afraid to, to uh, you know, step out of things a little bit and try new stuff. And they obviously have their own vision in it. So, and they follow that. They're not too distracted by all this stuff. But uh, the, the genre, it's, yeah, it's super oversaturated. It seems like... Uh, you know, like a thousand artists are making the same type of beat, mm -hmm. you know. Um, I don't know. It seems like I, I have a feeling like it, 
it used to be more popular so it's kind of going back a bit but uh, man it's it's still crazy to me how um how uh, yeah how how viral or you know not viral but how popular that's the the music is you know it's it's crazy. it is impressive yeah yeah and Actually, I think I think two or three years ago, when I was researching on Chewhop for another podcast I was guesting, mm-hmm. I I did I did compare some numbers, and some of the biggest uh, Chewhop producers had around the same stream numbers as Anderson Pack at that time. Yeah, and it was crazy, man. Like, can you imagine? And I I don't want to um like I don't want to compare or. Um, just say one thing is uh, better than the other, but no. you know, for example, Anderson Pack is like has such a rich musician background, and mm-hmm. on the other hand, you have a bedroom producer who's yeah. mainly working on uh, on a like on a Ableton or a similar program, and probably played some instruments. So it's it's yeah. crazy how if you look at numbers, things look so so huge. Uh, but yeah, I I also don't know if it's going anywhere, but. I can definitely agree there is a, such an overabundance. Mm-hmm. So do you think, what do you think is going to make the difference? Like who's going to just keep, like stay and like in terms of musicianship? Because um, people are going to, you know, yeah. get away after some point. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. The the man, the, the people that are standing out, they're going to, you know, they're going to remain interesting. I think it's, there's always a sort of a, a golden rule to making music is that you have to stick to your to your plan you know do what you love always like it's it's i mean you can make compromises but if you do that too much you're, you're gonna die down with a hype like if a hype goes away you will go away i think the the producers that will um that will be able to you know like kind of do this forever and and build an audience of their own like those are the producers that really figured out what they love to do or love to hear in their music and they they bring it and, and it's like unique it has like this um uh it has these correct uh, of i cannot say the word characteristics i did it thank god <laughs> um no it, it has like this unique like um thing going on and 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 that's what i really appreciate about it um and and you know with lo-fi music that's every man it's honestly like i cannot listen to it anymore because it's just it's not um interesting it's just not interesting Mm -hmm. and there's there's a lot of but there are producers in lo-fi music that make really interesting stuff and that's those are the guys that really have their own thing going on like they they still make lo-fi music but they make it sound a certain way like it's just and those are the guys that will you know that I think those will remain and, and the rest will kind of fall away with, with the hype. I do agree. Yeah, definitely. So, um, so it's going to be interesting to see what's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I think, man, inv- invest in, in, in your own thing and don't, don't get tricked by, uh, by the, by the hypes and the, the money you can make with it, because in the end it's a long-term thing. Like you just, you want to make music for the rest of your life in the end. And, and, if you always stick to your vision, it, that's gonna happen, you know. And and it's mm-hmm. not like I see people who make lo-fi and they they earn so much followers in like a year or time a time span of a year or two years. They like they make so much money. But 
I think it, it's more it has more value if you slowly build your your audience and and your sort of um, your craft and and just stick to it long term. Like you're gonna you're gonna be blooming forever, and uh, that's uh, the value of that is like yeah, it it, it has a way. It's satisf- way more satisfying. That's what I'm trying to say. Yep. This is uh, this kind of answers my question uh, that I wanted to ask you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but because we get uh, a lot of um, uh, musicians or producers listening to us, uh, yeah. especially emerging ones, is there something you would like to uh, advise them? Like maybe aside from what you just said, because it's it's a pretty good advice. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. What what I said is actually what I mean. It's like uh, figure out what you really like about music. And, um, you know, you can be inspired for sure. You can always be inspired by artists and, uh, you know, bring elements of that along. Um, but it's, 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 man, it's like you, you got to find your, the love for it, for the music in, in yourself. And why do you like it so much? Like invest in that and, um, don't, don't, you know, jump on, on the hypes too, too much, I guess. But yeah. This is not the best advice, but <laughs> No, it's it's uh, it's more important to um, follow your heart and uh, do what feels right, whatever that may be, you know. But um, agree. Yeah, agree. Oh, man, I butchered it. Okay, but it's okay. Uh, <laughs> it is. It is. Uh, okay. Uh, so, uh, as last question, uh, is there anything you'd like to share? What's cooking in the Moods uh, Studio at the moment? Anything you that you're allowed to share yet? Uh, man, my manager is holding a gun. Uh, no, no, I'm, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> no, man, I've been I've been working on a, uh, like a ton of music. Um, I have some tracks with a few vocalists. I'm not gonna mention yet, but um, mm-hmm. I have yeah, there I have a lot in the making, but it it uh, it has no like there's not a vision yet for a, a project. So I'm just sitting on all this music, and um, I'm trying to yeah sort of make a plan. For myself in what i want to do how i um yeah i would approach it so there's there's a lot in the making but um if there's like a, a concrete plan for a project that's that's still unsure all right and how, what about uh, life can can somebody catch you somewhere do you do you enjoy playing live yeah i i enjoy djing a lot but um Man, that, that completely fell flat. Um, so we're kind of have to uh, we kind of have to start from zero again. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, you might uh, be able to catch me live uh, at some point DJing again. But uh, right now it's very it's on the low, and uh, I get a gig every now and then. Uh, there's no tour plans, so yeah, I, th- I guess uh, keep an eye on the socials, and uh, once that gets going again, uh, you will see it for sure. Yeah, great. Thanks, Nick. It was uh, such a pleasure talking to you. Uh, maybe you, you can mention uh, where people can find you, uh, follow you. And yeah, we're definitely going to put the links in the description as well. Thanks, man. Yeah, super nice to be on the podcast. And, and thanks for having me, man, and taking the time. Um, yeah, you can you can follow me on uh, on Instagram at moods.music. Um, I guess I'm most active there, um, but I'm also on Twitter and Facebook. Um, just uh, but yeah instagram is definitely the, the best platform to follow me and uh yeah i'm also on spotify uh, if you look up moods then you will find me and uh, that's where all my music is at 
Great man. Thanks. Have a lovely day, and yeah, you uh, too, we're dude. definitely gonna be speaking soon. Oh yeah, for sure, man. We'll keep in touch. Okay. Cool. Hope you enjoyed our conversation and find the stories interesting. You can follow Moods on Instagram at moods.music and us at wearesterafox. Always feel free to reach out to us if you have any questions or just want to say hi. And of course, feel free to rate, share and subscribe to our podcast. Have an awesome rest of your day and see you soon.